0: The talk of the street is brought to you by Donahue solicitors an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers Donahue solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police data breach personal injury and professional negligence claims to start your compensation claim go to www.donahue-solicitors.co.uk or call 8000 124 246 today
1: well, around um no, you've just missed her. She's not really happy with you, forgetting Mother's Day. I've forgotten it. just busy, that's so. all. Yeah, well, I'm sure she'll forgive you when she sees your petrol
0: station carnations. <laughs> that's just to make your milk tray look good, is not it? For you, it's a... Nothing. No, Nick! Nick, give
1: me that! Hello and welcome to episode 96 of The Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that thinks Brian didn't deserve that. Brian didn't deserve any of that. And it was nice to see Sean muscle his way into a storyline that didn't need any Sean. and Gavin.
0: (laughs) And I'm fine. It's fine.
1: Everything's fine.
0: Everything's fine. This will be fine. Uh,
1: Anything in particular? (laughs) How about everything? It's like the characters take turns at... Who's going to be fine this week when you're not fine?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: It was Sinead a while ago. It was Daniel a while ago. Right. It was Emma. Gemma.
0: Now it's back to David.
1: (laughs) It was David about a year ago. Ah, You know,
0: when when poor Shona got shot the first time. (laughs) And we thought she was going to die. she was
1: stabbed. Oh, no. she No. She stabbed him.
0: Didn't he shoot her as well? Didn't somebody shoot her when she came out or something?
1: No, because she ran straight back in again. Oh, that's right. Oh, did I just make that up?
0: No. No, she did run right back in. She came out, she saw all the police, and she ran back in because she wanted to protect Clayton.
1: She saw her own shadow.
0: (laughs) Six more weeks of winter because Shona saw her shadow. What a wee shame. No Groundhog could have predicted all of this, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would have very, shot him very special groundhog <laughs> <laughs> protected <any> of this.
0: <laughs> they don't have groundhog day in the UK do they
1: they don't have groundhogs
0: that's correct <laughs> That's why they don't have... but I wonder if it's some sort of weird or not weird but archaic um, pagan Celtic sort of thing predicting the weather via animal of some sort
1: Didn't we do this? I thought we talked about this on one of our other podcasts. I
0: don't think we covered Groundhog Day.
1: I'm not even sure what Groundhog is. Is it like a little prairie dog? Something like that?
0: It's bigger than a prairie dog. You love prairie dogs. I
1: do. They squeak. They squeak (laughs) something terrible, but they're lovely things.
0: Yeah, they're rodents like prairie dogs. They're bigger. They're about the size of a beaver, only without a beaver tail and without the the teeth. Right. They're they're kind of like um, woodchucks.
1: That doesn't help me. (laughs) No,
0: it doesn't. (laughs) They're woodchucks that live underground. They're large rodents.
1: My only groundhog story is when we were driving home from uh, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Because what we used to do at Christmas and New Year was we would just drop the kids off. And on Christmas Day, we would drive back. Remember doing that? Yeah, that was insane. And the first year, we stopped in... Manhattan, and we got a lovely Japanese meal for our yes, for our, uh, for <laughs> for our Christmas lunch, and then we continued driving back to Michigan. And
0: our dog loved it. It was Teddy back then.
1: Yeah, Teddy loved the smells of Manhattan. Yes. Second year, we keep on passing by Punxsutawney, and every time I <laughs> drive past Punxsutawney, I think <laughs> we need to go and see Punxsutawney because that's where Groundhog Day was set, not filmed, but that's where it was set. Right.
0: Because that's where fun- Punxsutawney Phil lives.
1: Right. So year two, we drive back from Connecticut. We get through Pennsylvania. We come off at the Punxsutawney exit. It's another 20 miles away from the interstate. So this is going really <laughs> kind of far out of our way. And, and we it's dis- all like
0: countryside. Right. And, and it's dark. And we and discover we no idea.
1: on Christmas Day in Punxsutawney, not as many things are open as they are in Manhattan. Correct. In fact, nothing's open.
0: Right. Well, it it didn't help that by the time we got there, it was like seven, eight o'clock at night. Right. You know, so even even on a normal day in a small town,
1: <laughs> our options would have been limited. But we saw all the groundhog memorabilia, sort of thing, all the little statues they have, and right, the bits and pieces. Took in a the, picture the of you next center. to
0: the carved wooden right plexatani fill.
1: And then we tried to find some place to have Christmas dinner, and the only <laughs> place that was open was a truck stop.
0: Yeah. About. Thirty miles further down the road, once we finally got back onto the interstate, right, and and had to pass a couple of uh, horse and buggies because we went through uh, Amish country. Yes, and that was the most depressing Christmas dinner, absolutely, of all time. <laughs> of all time, I really feel for the truck stops right now, though. So,
1: mm-hmm. so what, so we stopped coming home on Christmas Day after that. Ah, remember years, stopping
0: in places. Remember eating in restaurants. <laughs> And walking around and talking to to people you weren't related to.
1: Restaurants were uh, businesses where people would go and uh, buy made food. They'd buy a meal that was cooked on the premises usually.
0: And you'd eat it there.
1: Yep. And you'd order drinks and people would serve you. Yes. So uh, basically if you didn't want to eat at home, you would go to these places called restaurants. And you would you would eat there. Right, for and a week change. And, and you'd, you'd have to pay for it. Right. And you'd usually have to tip the person who was bringing your food just to yes. be nice.
0: Yes, just to be nice. But it was nice well, just
1: to get out of the house for like an hour and...
0: And also so the servers could have a living wage.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because they don't without a tip.
1: Those restaurants.
0: Those were restaurants. <laughs> I try to get out once a day. I, I typically have something that I need to ship that helps. Although the past couple of days, I haven't had anything that needed shipping, which is worrisome, but never mind. Um, but there's been a couple of days where I haven't. And those are the days that when bedtime comes for the kids and they drag their feet, I'm like, no, get out. <laughs> Mama needs her alone time because I'm used to having so much alone time in this house. And now I have done. <laughs> but, you know. All things considered, I think we're in a really good spot, and we're really privileged.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's we still. have
0: massive privilege, the two of us.
1: <clears throat> it's still, uh, some days are better than others. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, my Because you're used to being in solitude. Right. Through the day. I'm used to sitting in a busy office with people coming and talking to me. Right. Three or four times a day.
0: Well, that's why I try to come in and talk to you. Unfortunately, you're typically... T- <laughs> conference meetings. call at the point. But yeah, I mean.
1: That's the thing that's been difficult to to deal with is all the different methods of having a conference call. Right. And all you these guys people. Use different. People use different things. So we've got Skype for Business, we've got Microsoft Teams, we've got Zoom, we've got some other one. And I have to do different things for each one. Like I have right. to. Sometimes the mic on the computer works. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have to call in. Sometimes I have to get on to the meeting outside my VDI, which is on my iPad. And that's weird. Yeah. So, but yeah, ex- you, exactly. Privileged first world problems. Aren't
0: are you glad that a year over a year ago I covered up the camera on our Mac <laughs> <laughs> so nobody has to see
1: you? Yes, they can see me on the iPad though.
0: Oh, well.
1: <laughs> and and, and they're, they're starting to insist that we use video, which I don't like.
0: No. No, well, that kind of sucks.
1: <laughs> I he- don't care what anybody's doing. I don't care what anybody's house looks like. Right.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. They're they're talking about starting up some training for for me and for some other people using Skype. Oh, nice one. I can't imagine that's going to go well.
1: <laughs> that's difficult training because I was in training last week and it's difficult. Yeah. Anyway, shall we preamble, my dear? Yes, please. Give me some of that virtual Corey news. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Last week, uh, we talked about the fact that uh, production had slowed down and they would only be showing three episodes a week. And I voiced some concern about that, about the health and well-being of the cast and crew. And the very next day,
1: yeah, didn't production,
0: production halted on Coronation Street and a number of other shows that hadn't halted yet. New episodes will air... At least until mid-June, they have enough in the can, especially with this whole spread out thing. Right. So I take full credit (laughs) for them finally making that decision. It was all me. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. The New York Times has even reported on this, as this is an unprecedented event. I don't think they've halted production ever.
1: I can't think they would have a reason to.
0: No. No. They even interviewed American fan and podcast producer Helen Broom for their piece. That's
1: you. My God. That's me. <laughs>
0: they interviewed me. How about that? Yeah, they I was, interviewed moi.
1: Yeah, I was stuck in training, so I couldn't <laughs> be part <of> that. <laughs> You were on the phone with them for a good 20 minutes. Yeah. And they used one paragraph.
0: Yeah, which is fine. It's fine. You know, you and I are writers. <clears throat> we know about editing and trying to fit things in, so i'm not I'm not bothered, no
1: the way the guy works is that he speaks to a lot of people who say a lot of things and he right. takes little bits from from each and puts a coherent story together, then an editor looks at it and takes bits out right absolutely that's, that's yeah
0: i mean i've been interviewed for things before, um not at this high you know i've been interviewed by local news television and uh and newspapers yeah a few times, but never in the New York Times. <laughs>
1: The whole thing was was just so crazy. We got a tweet from the uh, from the guy from the reporter, the journalist, saying, uh, "Follow me back so I can DM you." Right. So we did that. So let's say that happened at noon. Mm -hmm. So I DM'd him to say done. Mm -hmm. Like a minute later, he came back saying, "Can I speak to you guys about?" Yeah. Can Can I have your phone numbers and and stuff? And he did that. Maybe two minutes later.
0: Right, and I. I messaged him back with both of our phone numbers and said, I was available right away and that you would be available at such and such a time. Yep. And about five, ten minutes after that, he gave me a call and we had a nice wee chat. <laughs> it, was, it was difficult at times because he was calling from London. right? So it was a bit garbled at times. So I had to ask him to repeat himself a couple of times. I think he had to ask me to repeat myself a couple of times. I don't think he understood my accent very well, but... You're
1: perfectly clear. I don't think anyone would have any trouble with that. That was a joke. Really, because it wasn't funny.
0: Oh, well, you could just fuck right off then. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we talked about how you and I started watching Coronation Street. You know, I told him the story of that uh, that motel over by um, Lake Erie. Bay City. And Bay City. Where I flipped on the TV and you were in the bathroom and you heard wah, 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 wah. And you were like, oh my God. (laughs) Coronation Street. Coronation Street. Street. In America. Who knew? But it was a CBC station because we're really close to Canada. Mm -hmm. Thank God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that might come in handy.
0: Yes, it might. Um, And, you know, we talked about a little bit about you know he's like well are are you upset that they postponed and stuff and i was like no not really i was more you know that we tweet back and forth with a number of the members of the cast and you know they feel like close acquaintances and and family and we're we have this relationship where one feeds off the other a wee bit us more than them <laughs>
1: but they don't feed off us at all
0: no i think they do a wee bit they enjoy our retweets and they enjoy hearing us praise their acting and stuff come on now you know so i was concerned i was very concerned for the health and well-being for all members of the cast and so it was more of a relief than anything else um and we talked we talked quite a bit about the differences between American and British soap operas, you know, and how I found it really interesting, the difference between a soap opera that happens with regular people as opposed to, say, Dallas, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and really wealthy people and, and and everything. So we we talked quite a bit about a uh, lots of different things, and it was very enjoyable, and I hope I hope we can do it again sometime, Alex.
1: So it was. If we start, if all of this started at twelve o'clock, mm-hmm. then it was all done by twelve thirty.
0: Yeah, maybe closer to one.
1: No, it was. It was le- definitely less than an hour. <laughs> it was because the, the whole whirlwind of it all was. You barely had time to get excited about it because then it was happening. Right. And then.
0: And I just happened to have the day off because it was our oldest's birthday. We didn't get to see him because social distancing, but never mind.
1: But then a couple of days later we get the link. There it and is. there's the article and there's your quote and they've got a link to our podcast in it. Yes. Which So welcome was new listeners. <laughs> there's one little uptick. And
0: and we will uh we will definitely <clears throat> repost that article after after this goes live. So if you missed it the first time you can catch it the second time. Yep. Finally, joyous news. <laughs> Mosolov.
1: Mosolov.
0: Mosolov. As Sally Carmen and Joe Deteen have become engaged. That's lovely. Joe, aka R. Tim, posted a tweet of their hands holding flutes of champagne and Sally's ring finger sporting a fetching emerald. Joe says in the tweet. She said, yes, everyone, COVID-19 can fuck off. (laughs) We couldn't agree more. Fuck off indeed. (laughs) Congrats to you, you two crazy lovebirds. I look forward to the show writing in a dream sequence where Tim is married to Abby and Sally is the third wheel.
1: Oh, I don't think I look forward to that.
0: I do. (laughs) I'd much rather it be a dream sequence than something that actually happens. Okay. what I'm saying. So yay! yay. Mazzletov.
1: Congratulations, folks. Yes.
0: Congratulations. Love in the time of coronavirus. <laughs> I look forward to somebody writing that novel. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and I love you too. And it's good to have someone to love during this time, someone to hold your hand or fist bump from time to time. So Congrats to you guys. And that's Cory News.
1: <laughs> Our mailbag. Kev wrote in to say what happened to Friday Night's Corey, It wasn't on.
0: That's correct. but then that was going to happen anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, there was, was a, a
1: football th- match. But then there, no football then, match. then there was no football match. I wonder what they showed.
0: I don't know. Very curious. Have you... Well, we talked about uh, John Oliver the other day. I was curious and actually watched a bit of Jimmy Fallon last night. Where he's recording from his his like it's man not the one I cave. I can't remember. Is that the one I hate? He's yeah. He's he's the one you hate, and you know he's he's like in his man cave where the walls kind of look like birch bark and everything. And he's interviewing um, that that chef that feeds all the immigrants, who's really awesome, Joe Andres, and Joe Andres and his daughters are like making food. So they're going back and forth between a feed of Joe Andres in his kitchen and Jimmy Fallon in his basement it was kind of depressing and and not comforting at all.
1: All of this reminds me of the Mitchell and Webb sketches uh, where it's a post-apocalyptic game show. <laughs> and it just keeps on flashing up on the screen. Remain indoors. Remain indoors. <laughs> Canadian Helen wrote in to tell us that we were in the New York Times. Thanks, Canadian. Thanks, Canadian
0: Helen. Helen. We appreciate it.
1: And then on the back of that, Steve wrote in to say, Tell you what, sirs, having the New York Times linked to your site isn't going to do you any harm at all. <laughs> that is correct. Well let's hope so. That is correct. Hindsight Corner. Oh. Hind Hind. Hind. Hindsight, hindsight corner.
0: corner. A blue 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 blue
1: blue 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 blue. There's nothing. That. Blue, 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 <laughs> blue, 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 blue,
0: blue, Oh, this reminds me I still need to say
1: welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. well, I need to say welcome, 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 and also watch the second episode of Westworld.
1: I watched it. And I can't remember a single thing about it. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch the whole thing again. <laughs> and I've still got better call Saul to watch. Mm. Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. Just enough time to quickly talk about Suez. This was Brian realizing that mum, that Roy's mum, might have had a dalliance with someone in Egypt in the fifties, with who turned out to be Richard's dad. Correct. I suppose. I was Gavin, and you thought forty-five was an ugly number, which was the episode number of that episode. Yes. Yeah. We'll keep that for the politics <laughs> podcast that we don't do. Your sweater hadn't arrived, but Charlie DeMello got his, though, as did Bavna. And it was quite funny seeing Bavna wearing a sweatshirt that had Bavna on it. All right. As Rana. Crying. Crying.
0: Yeah, in the picture, they're both crying, and it's so cute.
1: My remaining interest in celebrities who shared the initials RP died long before that segment did. We had episodes on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to go oh, through last year. We had so many. We still got through it in an hour and a half, though. Fist bump. I didn't think Brexit was ever going to happen.
0: (laughs) And I mean, has it really happened?
1: Well, yeah.
0: Kind of?
1: They're committed to now.
0: Right, but still, I mean, Boris has the corona now, so.
1: You found the idea of Carla being comforted on the couch by Peter as sickening. (laughs) And I stand (laughs) by that. Peter is a rude shit to Roy in Roy's own house. Wayne appears in the scene and I was initially mistrusting of him.
0: I loved him from the start.
1: Sarah lets Kate go to Rana's funeral, which is what Rana would have wanted. And we spent an awful lot of time talking about what Rana would have wanted.
0: <laughs> yes, we did.
1: Ryan attacks Robert with a bottle of Windex and then later hides behind a plant. And you poo-pooed my idea that Abby will eventually hook up with Kev.
0: It took a long time, though, you got to admit. It happened. Yeah, but it took forever. And it, it... it Less than a year. It happened in such a convoluted way, and they kind of had to force it, and we're still uncomfortable with it.
1: It happened. <laughs> and that was Coronation Street and The Talk of the Street this time last year. Woohoo! Shall we dive... Oh, 22 minutes. Shall we dive in, Amadea? Yes, please. Our first storyline tonight.
0: This morning. Oh,
1: I Honestly, I am pumped. I am not doing that deliberately Says you ah, People could be listening to it tonight But yeah, it's like Half past ten in the morning Correct. Raising quads On Monday, Gemma wakes up to a crying baby She gets up and takes it downstairs And there's this weird droning noise And an odd filter around the edges of the frame So you know something's not right yes. And then you definitely know that something's not right Because Gemma puts the baby in the washing machine
0: yeah that reminded me of uh in like in the sixties and seventies, there were all these urban legends going around of um hippie babysitters being so high on weed that they, they stuck the baby in the oven and put a diaper on the turkey that was supposed to go in the oven. Oh. Yeah. Not the mum. No, no, no. It's an urban legend because people who are high can't be bothered
1: yeah. <laughs> like
0: and people pizza. who are high know the difference between a baby and a turkey.
1: Yeah. Yes. Gemma wakes up for reels and is shocked to see that Allah doesn't and he's caught. Chesney has him downstairs though, and Gemma goes into the kitchen and checks the washing machine and Chesney's late and rushes off to work and just leaves her standing looking kinda confused. Yes. Then Julie, the health visitor, comes in to see Gemma who's in a bit of a tizzy and has something white on her forehead. What was that?
0: Um, probably like um for diaper rash. Oh. Like that stuff that we put on our tattoos.
1: Oh, the tattoo goo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, tattoo goo.
1: She's not using that on the babies though.
0: Well yes, because the because that's
1: Neo neosporin. Is it neosporin?
0: No, it's the A and D stuff.
1: Oh A and
0: which is supposed to protect against diaper rash. That's the initial use for it.
1: I'm getting fucking so annoyed by notifications coming through on this iPad about <laughs> people who've liked that stupid picture of a cat that you've posted
0: <laughs> two cats sweetie cat is in there too but it's mostly baby i'll post this i'll post it to the to the talk of the street
1: don't do that i'll just get even more of the buggy <laughs> so things
0: so that everybody knows what we're talking about but you know what people are liking um tweets about episodes of common language as well so it's working
1: yeah but it's, it flashes up over my notes uh, anyway <laughs> I should probably switch those notifications off
0: Or mute them, yes
1: Gemma explains that she's doing her best And the health visitor makes sure that Gemma's eating properly And asks how she is in general Is she anxious? Is she having alarming thoughts? But Gemma denies it and says that she's fine She doesn't have the baby blues She just has four babies The health visitor recommends taking a minute to herself If she feels overwhelmed And then she leaves So Gemma is off to get formula Because she isn't producing enough milk And that's another thing that she's let the babies down about Chesney says that she's not a cow. It's a miracle she's been able to feed them for this long in the first place. Absolutely. Gemma isn't interested in listening, though. No. So back home, Gemma's trying to deal with... And
0: also Chesney could have worded that better, but that's all right.
1: Yeah. Well, he said that you're not a cow.
0: Right, yeah.
1: But you think cow, you think others, you think teats, you think multiple calves feeding at the same time, and it's, oh, it's quite a...
0: Yeah. It wasn't as comforting as I think he he meant it to right.
1: be. Has he been deliberately
0: I think he's got a lot on his mind, too, because he's working double shifts at the kebab shop. He's got five kids to feed. And Gemma.
1: And all the hot water for those baths that that Joseph has.
0: Would you stop with Joseph for the bath?
1: (laughs) Gemma's trying to deal with screaming babies. She looks at the washing machine and then looks like she doesn't trust herself. And she runs out of the back and sings a nursery rhyme to herself, but ends up getting locked out of the house. She tries to kick the door down, but to no avail. And I was wondering, is this going to be the third door that's been kicked down in Chesney's house in the last, like, 12 months? Let's wait and see. We will see. Bernie has got some foil balloons for Gemma's first Mother's Day. She only has three balloons. So, nice one. Mm -hmm. Jess, who's sweeping outside the kebab shop, thinks it's a nice thought. And Bernie is determined to cheer Gemma up. So Bernie's knocking on the door, hearing the babies crying. She goes off round the back and sees Gemma still trying to kick that door down. Bernie offers to go get Chesney, but Gemma doesn't want him involved. So Bernie pans in the window with a brick, him to get in that way. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the house, the babies are, of course, fine.
0: They're fine.
1: Gemma looks shell shocked, and Bernie looks home with concern for her daughter. Gemma gives herself a hard time and then throws out the Mother's Day balloons. She calls herself a danger to the quads. Sometimes she doesn't want the babies to be there. Bernie reveals that she struggled too. Shocker, Rooney.
0: Right, yeah. She had twins. And she, she was essentially a single mum. She didn't even have somebody like Chesney around.
1: And she admits to almost abandoning them in Safeway. Gemma admits that Chesney doesn't know much about how she's struggling. And Bernie says that he needs to know. Yes. And Gemma should go see a doctor. Yes. Either or. Take your pick, she says.
0: Both. <laughs> Both is good.
1: Chesney comes home to find Bernie moving in. He doesn't think that this is a great idea, but Bernie says that she's here to help out properly this time. And then he notices a window. Bernie takes the blame for that and will pay to fix it. At home, later, Mm -hmm. Gemma's on her own, looking like she's now terrified of her own children.
0: Ugh. Poor Gemma. That's a wee shame. It is a wee shame.
1: Because she's not really getting a chance to enjoy any of this.
0: No. And she's not allowing her, even allowing herself right. the chance because every time somebody says, I am here, I will help you, which Bernie has done, Rita has done, mm-hmm. and Kathy has done, she pushes people away because in her mind, getting these people to help her means she's a bad mom. So she has to do it all herself in order to be a good mom. And that's, that's unfortunate, but that's, you do think that.
1: You do? That's real. That getting help is a sign of failure? Yeah. Hmm.
0: I still feel that way sometimes.
1: Oh, you, you're, you're terrible at asking for anything.
0: <laughs> Why do you think it's hard for me to ask, it's for gas money? <laughs> you're
1: awful at asking for anything. That's true. On Wednesday, Bernie's singing to the babies when Gemma gets up. She can't sleep. Bernie has fed and changed the babies and she's got a washing on as well. Make me feel useless, says Gemma. She doesn't need uh, Bernie fussing over her. Bernie's here until Gemma sees the doctor and has booked an appointment for her. Either go or speak to Chesney. And Gemma checks her nipples.
0: (laughs) Right, because um, Bernie has made the appointment for chafed nipples or something. Uh,
1: No, (laughs) I can't remember now what happened. (laughs) She she said to somebody, Bernie said to somebody that Gemma has uh, cracked nipples. Right. But I think it was either Billy or Paul she said that to. Oh. Or maybe Chesney. Oh. But anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. Bernie and Gemma go to see Dr. Gardas. Gemma insists that she's fine. She's fine. Bernie wants uh, Gemma to tell the truth. And Dr. Gardas wants to speak with Gemma alone, so... Bernie promises not to say another word if she can stay in the room because Bernie's not going to let Gemma right. just insist that there's nothing wrong and right. there's no reason for her to be there. Right. But Bernie's closed-mouth policy doesn't last very long, and she tells Gadas about Gemma's dark thoughts. Gardas suggests antidepressants or therapy or support groups, and Gadas will get in touch with the health visitor to make sure that she comes out more often.
0: Yes, and she says, you know... We cut off because she because Gemma doesn't want to go on antidepressants, and I can kind of understand if she's still breastfeeding that right, she right. That, that she wouldn't want to go that route. Then Doctor Gada says, "Well, we have a we have a waiting list for for talk therapy, which you wouldn't have, Gadda if you hadn't fired Toya. Right. <laughs> so it's your own damn fault." Hello.
1: Gemma insists that she has nothing more to say Everything else is fine And Bernie isn't buying it So outside Bernie thinks this has been a huge waste of time And she tells Gemma that she's got postnatal depression And she needs to talk to a professional Correct And Chesney overhears this ruckus And demands to know what's going on And they all get home And Chesney's still in the dark about it Bernie makes up a story about borrowing money And Chesney starts leaning to Bernie Saying you've picked such a bad time To bother Gemma with something like this Right And Gemma screams that she can't take this anymore And runs up the stairs Later, Bernie has got a chippy dinner for them, and Gemma is grateful that Bernie kept her mouth shut. Bernie begs Gemma to ask for help, and Gemma calls it a wobble. She'll be fine. She promises to go to the doctor if she feels like things are getting back on top of her in the future. Uh And that's where we end on this week's episodes, because there's just Monday and Wednesday to talk about this week.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's such a sad storyline. Fortunately, though, it gives the opportunity for very adorable scenes of Paul and Billy. <laughs> That's our silver lining for that storyline.
1: Yeah, these seem to be the go-to right. babysitters.
0: Billy with a baby is just the most adorable thing ever.
1: <laughs> really? It's so cute. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't think it's... Don't and then them, you I'm, know, walking
0: down the street, you know, with their arms around each other and stuff. Just so nice. <laughs> I like seeing happy couples on the street and they, they seem to be, like, the number one most stable couple <laughs> on the street these days.
1: Where do you think we're heading with this one?
0: Uh, well, Chesney will eventually find out in the worst it. way possible.
1: Yeah, some kind of miniature something, disaster is going to happen. Right,
0: something horrible will happen, and that's when Chesney will finally find out. He will blame Bernie for most of this.
1: <laughs> Obviously.
0: Which is really unfair. And Bernie will go away again.
1: I'm liking her this time. I I'm know, me her this too. More than last time. Me
0: too, but I, I have a feeling that once the storyline is over, once Chesney finds out, they'll say thanks, mum, and she'll go away again. Yeah, she won't. Have that's, any. that's 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 who she is.
1: There won't be any use for her. Mm. <sighs> I just don't like the idea of disasters involving babies. It, no, it's not, it's not. No, it's not up there on my list of favorite things. No,
0: me neither. I don't. I don't. Tend to watch things where I know a child is going to be gruesomely murdered in some way, documentaries or horror films. Yeah.
1: It's kind of weird talking about this when the last episode we saw was like half a week ago. Because normally we'd, we have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and right. then we're talking about it usually on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. More recently, more often on the Saturday morning, but it's still kind of fresh in your head. So, right, that was Wednesday. So, I was finding it hard to cast my mind back to Gemma's nipples. And
0: right, and you've recorded two podcasts about something else in the meantime with your SpongeBob and then the Patreon. You guys I have done. Oh, you haven't done, Patreon haven't done the Patreon yet. You're, you're going to do it this weekend, then? Yeah, that's because what, you guys just watched what have just said. Movie, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie.
1: So, with this been on Wednesday, what we've been doing since this whole thing started is having family movie night at seven o'clock on right on the evenings which is kind of eats into when we can write up our notes for this and right. and record it so right. but that's and then, fine and then Thursday spongebob and then we're into friday and then we're into saturday morning again so i think we're probably gonna be doing this on saturday morning for the foreseeable yes which, which is, is fine. fine it just means that We start recording 15 minutes after I've woken up. Correct. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Last night's movie, Space Jam.
1: That was awful. (laughs) What a terrible movie that was.
0: Kids like it, though. You can Uh, see how kids would like that
1: movie. I I don't think so. I can see how kids in the 90s would have enjoyed it. Basketball
0: players and Bugs Bunny.
1: I don't even think Bugs Bunny is really a thing these days.
0: He is. He's still a thing.
1: Elmer Fudd certainly isn't.
0: I thought I taught a putty
1: po- tat? Elmer Fudd?
0: I taught I a putty tat? No, 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 that's Tweety Bird. Why am I saying that? Because Elmer no, Fudd that, that, has a speech I'm looking, impediment too. That's why I'm looking
1: at you like this. Yeah, no, he's most very, of them very have,
0: quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. Eh.
1: Most of them have speech impediments.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because Sylvester does too.
1: <laughs>
0: Suffering Fuck a
1: It's like Mel Blanc. Didn't die. <laughs> he very much did. He very much did. Our next storyline this morning. Yay. Shady Acres. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm loving this so much. And we got to see inside the apartments and the exterior of the apartments. So now we know the layout a little bit better. The, it the, still doesn't make sense. Oh, it's very much like the Overlook Hotel in The Shining, but it's... At least we know what the intention is. Shady
0: Acres is, is a TARDIS. <laughs>
1: it's it's shady Acres. So Norris is complaining about fruit in his sausages. It's Monday and... It's mon-
0: that sounds like you. Complaining about fruit in your sausages. I don't
1: like fancy sausages, no.
0: Yeah, you complain about fruit and cheese as well. Oh, God, no. Whereas I love
1: stop fruit and stop putting fruit in things. If I want to eat fruit, I'll eat fruit. I won't eat fruit.
0: <laughs> this is the only way to get yeah. fruit in you.
1: It's Monday when they're supposed to be learning new skills like watercolors, but Norris Ooh. just wants to have a nap. In the watercolor class, everyone is dressed in blue overalls. It was like, like Breaking Bad.
0: Right. It was weird. Why? Why? Why is everybody wearing protective rain gear inside to paint? Do they really think old people
1: <laughs> so
0: steadiness are so bad?
1: So, yet again, the person who's supposed to be taking the class hasn't showed up. So Charles has taken this class. Mm. This is going to be a Jackson Pollock class instead, and Ken is very pretentious, and Norris isn't. They have a go at the drip technique, and Norris isn't interested And when the folk turn up... And
0: yet, up, and yet, Norris is better at it.
1: Oh, much better at it.
0: then. Ken is, because Ken is actually using his paintbrush instead of dripping the paint. Right. Whereas Norris actually drips the paint.
1: Yes, he does. And Ken's
0: like, oh, you're not taking this seriously. Well, you're not doing it right, Ken. Get off your fucking high horse, Ken.
1: When, uh, When the women folks show up, Norris pretends that he's having a great old time. And later in the bar, Norris and Ken are chatting again about Frida and Shady Acres and he wanted to see his friends again, but Frida wouldn't allow it. She's too wary of Mary. (laughs) Ah oh wary Mary. Well done. Claudia comes along and announces that Charles will be joining them. Ken announces that, screw you guys, he and Norris are just heading off for a walk and Claudia is instantly suspicious. Uh oh. And the little walk takes them to the Rovers. Uh-huh. And Mary and Rita are thrilled to see Norris for some reason. He reveals <laughs> that he's staying at Shady Acres <laughs> while Ken tells Peter that he's happy there. Norris explains about being so busy at Shady Acres that he hasn't had time to drop in to visit. Then Tracy comes into the Rovers asking for Peter to walk Eccles tonight because she's gone out or something. But Peter is out as well. Eccles will just have to cross her legs, and of course, this gives Ken an idea.
0: What about Rover? Doesn't Rover need a walk
1: too? I think he's still back at the at Lizzie's. At, I don't think Steve and Tracy have moved in yet.
0: So, so where's Eccles? I thought Eccles at was number living, one. Yeah, it was Tracy and Steve. They've moved in.
1: I don't know if they. I don't know if they have moved in. We haven't seen them. So they're in.
0: leaving Eccles alone in an apartment by himself, by herself.
1: No, in the house in number one.
0: Yeah, and nobody's living there with her? I I don't think so, because Peter has already moved out.
1: Simon's moved out. I think Peter's moved out. Peter hasn't moved out yet.
0: So why... I'm so confused. None of this makes any sense, and justice for Rover is all I'm saying. Timbot 4000 says this does not compute. I agree, Timbot.
1: (laughs) So back at Shady Acres, Ken has snuck echoes in and has to hide her behind a plant when Charles comes along. And we find that Ken and Claudia are staying at number one. So he's moved from number one... To number one. To number one. Claudia isn't happy at seeing Eccles, but Ken says, it's only for one night. What could possibly go wrong?
0: Right. And Claudia seems to soften a bit. She seems to love Eccles too. She likes that we duck. Yeah.
1: On Wednesday, Norris is in Ken's apartment and thinks Charles will go nuclear when he finds Eccles. Claudia doesn't think anyone needs to know and the dog will be back home today. Norris admits that he hasn't told Frida about his plans to escape Shady Acres. He simply hasn't had the time. Yeah. Meanwhile, Charles is walking the halls and finds a patch on the carpet where Eccles must have relieved herself.
0: (laughs) Right. And where it's still wet even though Eccles hasn't been in that hallway for at least 12 hours. Right.
1: Remembering seeing Ken there last night, he immediately goes over to the door and hears Eccles barking. Ken meets Charles in the summer room or whatever.
0: Far-fetched.
1: Can we have a quick word? Ken's- Norris Speed in the... <laughs> Ken's got an officious letter about Eccles staying overnight. He's been given an enormous fine. And Charles says that's to cover the cleaning up of dog piss. They had to get the professionals in because it was, it was so bad or whatever. Which it wasn't. And Charles begins brings the meeting to a close. And Ken is fuming. And that's as far as we get with that this week.
0: Huzzah!
1: So this is set. Ken on a collision course with this Charles character, then.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And the battle of pretension.
0: Right, and the, justice for Eccles.
1: Justice for the Eccles P.
0: Justice for Eccles,
1: yeah, who, not for the P. Who
0: did not pee? She, there, I don't it know. We don't know. It was Ken. <laughs> it was probably Norris. Norris is. Well, he wasn't the there.
1: He wasn't there. Oh, you thought he he maybe got some pee from t- from <laughs> from, <somewhere>. from Bernie
0: <laughs> Bernie still has some Gemma pee left over from that other storyline
1: <laughs> <generally a> bit... <laughs> <He's been laughs>
0: sitting there for a while but I mean there's no way there's no way Charles would have seen that or smelled that or been able to touch it well it
1: looked darkened
0: yeah but it was over in a corner behind a plant and a table Hi. ay,. yeah yeah
1: because it looked like Ken and Charles were going to be getting on famously.
0: Right. Because they're both pretentious so, AF.
1: Right. But that's not going to happen anymore. Oh. Oh, well. Oh, well. Moving on. Moving on.
0: Oh, around. no. I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm still enjoying this. Yeah. This All the scenes that are in Shady Acres or to do with the Shady Acres storyline are, are, are pleasing. What is me. It,
0: what is it really called? I know we call it Shady Acres because <sighs> we're funny. But just in case, <laughs> just in case somebody is listening and saying, these idiots don't know what they're talking about. They're calling it Shady Acres. Because remember the whole Irish Tina thing?
1: Oh, yes. It's called the Stillwater or something like that, isn't it? Something water.
0: Stillwater. Shady
1: water. <laughs> Stillacres. I can't remember. It's something like that.
0: But you know what we're talking about, yeah. folks. We're just using a funny name because we can't.
1: We we got it wrong once and we just ran with it. That's, t- <laughs> that's typically how these things work out. Which brings us on to Tim's fucking dad. Ah, oh, fuck him! This is all because we don't we couldn't remember what his name was and we just referred to him as Tim's dad. Not because that we he's should a be. We don't asshole. have to be explaining this. I feel, I feel this is too much unnecessary information. On Monday, outside Speedial, Yasmin tells Tim's dad that she can't work today. She has terrible stomach cramps. Is this stress? I got the the idea that this is a a result of stress.
0: I got the idea that she was faking it because she didn't want to see Alia at work.
1: Oh, maybe. He tells her to go to the pharmacy and then go back home. Alia asks after after her gran and Tim's dad says it's a stress that's done it. She's had to go to the, um, the doctor. Tim's dad is drawing up a new rotor so they don't have to work the same shifts. Ryan calls Tim's dad a total wank. Oh, Oh, about time, Ryan. A piece of work. I I think I misheard that.
0: Still, about time, Ryan.
1: Alia thinks that she's played right into Tim's dad's hands. Then she gets what appears to be a very important call. Tim's dad has called home, but she can't talk because there's a knock at the door, and it's Ryan, and he asks Yasmin to come and see Alia. She had a phone call, and she'll only speak with Yasmin, and Yasmin grabs her coat, and they leave.
0: Hmm.
1: Yasmin and Ryan go and see Alia, and there are two weird women... And sitting in the flat There are police officers who have information about Tim's dad That Yasmin needs to hear But she doesn't want to hear any of this and storms out And the police can only talk to Yasmin And so they give Alia their number If Yasmin ever changes her mind Mm -hmm. Alia goes to see Yasmin to apologise for tricking her And she tries to talk Yasmin into finding out what the police say And offers to put the number in her phone Under the name Claire So it doesn't look suspicious if Tim's dad goes through it Yasmin gives Alia her phone So she kind of relented and Allowed that, but right. she still doesn't seem to be interested in finding anything. I, I was it just done to shut Alia up.
0: I think she is interested, but she has to say she's not interested, right? Because she's afraid of Tim's dad, she's deeply afraid of
1: Tim's oh, dad. Oh, she's terrified, yeah. Back home, Alia tells Ryan that she doesn't think Yasmin will call the police. She's sure, she's sure Yasmin is too scared of Tim's dad to do it, but Ryan. He has an idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And his bright idea seems to be to get Alia to call Zidane. But he refuses to come back to visit. He's off on holiday and thinks Alia is overreacting. Arya thinks that Tim's dad has won.
0: And she tells Ryan that Zidane is...
1: Oh, well, that doesn't happen yet.
0: Yeah, nope. it happens in that phone conversation.
1: Nope, it happens later because I'm just about to talk about it. Oh, fine. On Wednesday... Tim's dad is on the phone to the escort service and has to pay extra to get Rachel. And I had the idea that Rachel really doesn't want to do this again. No. And so is demanding extra money in the hope that Tim's dad... Will fuck off. To put it crudely, will pull out.
0: Or fuck off, as opposed to fuck on.
1: Tim's dad's making a fuss about Yasmin hovering, then Yasmin wondering what he's up to, then Yasmin wanting to come to the doctors with her about her stomach cramps, and then Yasmin saying not to bother. In the pub, Alia's just off the phone with Zidane. It turns out he's not going on holiday at all. He's getting married and no one is invited.
0: In Spain. He gets about. In Spain. And I was like, no. Last year. No, Zidane, don't go to Spain. (laughs) Don't. It's dangerous. Don't get in an airplane these days. And then I remember that this was recorded months ago.
1: You want to see how much it costs to get back to Glasgow today? To get a flight to Glasgow? It's like half price, and they're saying that they can do social distancing on a plane. Which well,
0: I- that's because nobody's flying, but that air is recycling in all there, the time, right? You're breathing
1: everybody's air, dirty. So
0: dirty air It doesn't
1: matter if you're sitting six feet away from somebody or sixty feet away from somebody. Right. You're breathing their, their air.
0: Yeah. Plus, aren't the borders closed right now? They are.
1: I don't know if you can fly in.
0: Yeah, I don't. Uh, Americans can't fly out to another country. Wow, and we're not we're not supposed to, we're not allowed to leave Michigan. I don't think that they have people like on the borders on uh, ninety six. No, but it's the advisory, isn't protective it? Protective order says you can you can leave if you are from another state and you have to go home, and you can come into Michigan if you live in Michigan, and you're trying to get home. But that's it. Mm. We have a really good governor i applaud her trump yeah. hates her yeah because she's, doing she's a, good a job. woman <laughs> and doing a good job
1: alia feels that she's losing her whole her whole family that's not true says ryan except it's absolutely true hmm. then ryan has a brainwave there's no chance jasmine is going to miss zidane's wedding tell zidane you're going whether he likes it or not so alia and ryan come in to speed dial a- alia's just found out from eileen about her doctor appointment Alia has good news for her grand just as Tim's dad shows up. Zidane's so getting married and he wants us to be there. That's wonderful says Jasmine, who checks with Tim's dad to make sure it is wonderful. Ugh. It's next week in Alicante. Tim's dad thinks it's too short notice. What about the business? And Alia tells him that he doesn't have to worry about that because he's not invited. Close yes. family only. Right. Wap wap. then Alia and Ryan have been invited round to Yasmin's. She she imagines that Yasmin can't go all of a sudden but no, they've got cover and Tim's dad is going to come too. If he's not close family, what is he? He's a dick. That's what he is. Yeah. Spain, here we come, he says.
0: And he bristles a little bit when Alia says to Yasmin, if you're worried about money, I can can pay for your ticket. He's like, we don't need your money because we're already stealing your money.
1: But he's still pretending that they're Sort of going from, was it pocket to mouth? Is that the phrase? Hand to mouth. Hand to mouth. (laughs) Right. He's still playing that card that Yasmin still seems to be buying.
0: Right. And yet also saying that they have enough money to move to Cyprus at the same time. Right. At the same, you know, we don't have a lot of money and you can only spend $20 for a week's worth of shopping, which is impossible. But also we have enough money to move to Cyprus.
1: Right. Mm. 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 Do you think they're going to go to Spain? Yes, this I is go-
0: think, I think, I think this might be. I, I, I think you know, once Zidane sees what's happening, like Tim's dad will slip up somehow in front of Sedan. The, the mask will slip.
1: The thing is, if, if, it, if they do end up going to Spain, then we're not going to get to see any of it.
0: Probably not.
1: So that makes me think that they're not going to go to Spain.
0: Hmm. Plus, they'd have to pay the actor that plays Sudan to come. Uh, and back. They're,
1: they're not about to start doing that. No. This <laughs> is this is where it gets confusing because it's going to happen. It's supposed to happen next week. Right. So, in terms of the pre, the pre-planned storyline was that at some point next week, Sudan's getting married. Mm-hmm. So, at some point next week, something should happen to prevent. Them going to the wedding, right? This now means that this could either happen next week or the week after, right? So I don't know if we're going to see see the consequences of this as soon as I'd like, right? Because I think the consequence is going to be the thing it's going to be the catalyst that's going to get Tim's dad going through that bacon slicer whilst on fire with a <laughs> with an electric cord around his neck and uh, um, something up his arse.
0: The uh, right. the pole that they put the elephant hoof on. Right up his Yes. I'm sure that there's a name for that pole in the kebab shop where the elephant...
1: Did you say elephant hoof?
0: Yes, and I know it's not elephant hoof. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not elephant hoof. We're <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic, people. have <laughs> me some slack.
1: Hoof is <laughs> a funny word. <laughs> Our next storyline... This morning. At the moment... <laughs> Is Dating Evelyn. This was wonderful as well.
0: It's very cute. Oh, It's very cute. I still wish it was Roy. And it will eventually be Roy. But st- this was cute.
1: Uh, I, this is kind of coincidence, I know. But the fact that we've got the Shady Acres story and Dating Evelyn mm-hmm. happen in, during the same week. Mm-hmm. And during the same run of episodes. As yeah. It's given me some joy this week, I it's have to nice. say.
0: You like old people.
1: <sighs> yeah. That,
0: that, you especially like old ladies. But not <laughs> like that. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and old ladies like you. Well, everybody likes you. I've never met a person who didn't like you.
1: I, I, I find it easy to switch on uh, charm and wit when I'm talking to an old lady.
0: Well, you do that with everybody, but especially
1: with the old age. <laughs> no, and you're very
0: and you're and you're very sweet with them, like like that time last summer when you were helping Dee walk down the street to wait and, and asked if she wanted us to wait with her before her cousin had the audacity to show up and pick her up after <laughs> uh oh, yeah, writer's I forgot meeting that. and stuff. You you you're genuinely very sweet with <laughs> with old women. In a very in a in a <laughs> maternal sort of way.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Every old lady is your adopted mum.
1: Right. Yes. That's come up five years. Can you believe it? <sighs> this.
0: I'm just glad, I'm just glad she didn't live long enough to see all of this. Oh, me too. That was, I was thinking I, about that. I just, I can't imagine. It's hard enough with my mum being in Connecticut and my dad being in Florida. I can't imagine having your mum God, I'm just gonna start crying. Over there, yep. during this, it would it would just be.
1: <sighs> this will be five years. She she passed away on April seventh, which was also her dad's birthday. Ugh. So my mum's gone for five years, and my papa would have been a hundred.
0: <sighs>
1: he was born in 1920. Oh God, I miss both of them. Ugh. I know it's like about Uncle Sammy.
0: Oh God, yeah, yes. God, please protect Uncle Sammy because, oh well, he was practicing social distancing before social distancing was a thing. So, is <laughs> be right. flat up there with the with the wood stove and the the hanging thing in the kitchen and all the little oh, angel pill-y. knickknacks in mm-hmm. the in the china cabinet. Oh God, I love our Uncle Sammy
1: because he's in his eighties, so he's.
0: He's pushing 90. He, he must, must, be. Be, must,
1: be, must be pushing 90. He must
0: be pushing 90. So he's
1: really vulnerable and he has prostate cancer. Yeah. And the doctor said, this isn't what's going to kill you. No. <laughs> Which is such... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you get anything other than a Scottish doctor telling you that. <laughs> anyway, let's... call your parents. Please call your parents. Tell your t- mum that t- you love t- them. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. We were, we were cheery... Two and a half minutes ago, because we were talking about dating Evelyn, Evelyn is up. She didn't die of a broken heart. <laughs> no, or the coronavirus. burnt his bridges. And she tells Fizz and Tyrone. She asks one of them to take service for his morning walk. And Fizz agrees. And then she and Tyrone wonder why Arthur stood her up.
0: Lots of dog walking this week.
1: Yep. Tyrone sees Arthur in the street and...
0: But none for River.
1: And gives him a mouthful. He doesn't have his dog, does he? Oh, no, he does. My nan put in so much work ahead of that date just to be stood it. Just to be stood up. You better stay away, says Ty. Yeah. And at Roy's Rolls, Ty doesn't tell Evelyn that he bumped into Arthur. But then Arthur bumps into Evelyn in the cabin. So sooner or later, people are, people are bumping into each other all over the place. Correct. She, he wants to explain about yesterday. He was so insecure. He's an old man and Evelyn has barely aged. He felt like a teenager on the first date and then explained that Tyrone had told him how much of an effort that she'd made and had asked him to stay away. She's pissed at this, but it looks like she might have melted a little. Back home, Elon gives Tyrone a bollocking about what happened with Arthur. How dare he warn Arthur off? She's thinking about giving him another chance, and it's not Tyrone's beeswax, although it's nice that he cares, she admits. Yeah. And that melted me. Oh. Because she just allowed herself a little smile and allowed herself to bring her barriers down just just for a second to say that she has an emotional connection with her grandson.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. On the wedding day, Fizz asks Evelyn if she'll be dining with them later, or having a rematch with Arthur. Nana's got a boyfriend, sings Hope. Which is so cute. (laughs) She sings something else at the end, and Evelyn threatens to uh, wash her mouth out with soap (laughs) and water. (laughs) Claudia is round at Evelyn's, and Evelyn wants another makeover, but tone that shit down this time. Understated Mm -hmm. is what she's looking for, and Claudia promises absolute discretion. So this time, is Evelyn looking fabulous? Because again, I thought that she was.
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Good. Because she's she she's borrowed this very fabulous caftan mm-hmm. and and scarf thing from Claudia, and it actually looks really nice on Evelyn. She oh, suits yeah. it.
1: Oh, she does. Yeah. Yes. Just imagining the two of them because they live together when they're filming. Right. So they'll.
0: So imagine them quarantined. <laughs>
1: They'll probably be home, I would imagine. But
0: oh, I I hope not. I hope they have. It's just the two of them.
1: <laughs> just been stuck in a flat,
0: being f- to be a fly on that wall.
1: Rula Lenska and Maureen Lipman. Just, you could film that if they
0: yeah. <laughs> just if they that. run out of episodes, can we just get a YouTube video of the two of them? I suggested to Ben Price fan page um, the other day that that some that. Some of the Corey cast needs to make like a hand-washing video where they wash their hands to the tune of Coronation Street, you know, instead of Happy Birthday. And I still hope that something like that would <laughs> that, that be much better than Gal Gadot singing Imagine.
1: Anything's better than that. <laughs> it's just so, so off point. Yeah, and out of focus.
0: Yeah, it's, that that and the whole uh, Schwarzenegger in the hot tub.
1: There was something um Oh we'll get through this. We will We
0: will get through this. Somebody did something that I really loved and it made me cry and I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was uh the members of the NHS singing uh you'll never walk alone.
1: Oh yeah, oh, kind of
0: God. <laughs> I'm starting to cry now again. <laughs> Just.
1: Did you see the um the uh, Thursday eight o'clock thing? Where,
0: where everybody was clapping.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, that, that got me, that got me hard on the fuels as well. It was, mm-hmm.
0: I was a wee bit cynical seeing people like Boris Johnson clapping. But,
1: you know, we've got another podcast <laughs> where we can talk about that, and that podcast doesn't exist. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I liked, uh, um, oh god, I liked the Steve Martin playing his banjo video. That one was good, and there was another one that I really liked, and I can't remember what it is. So I'll have to talk about it next week.
1: Evelyn rattles on, worried that she's making a fool of herself And Claudia thinks it's wonderful And Evelyn admits that Arthur makes her smile So who cares what anyone else thinks Keep me updated, says Claudia And Evelyn gives her her thanks Again, she lets her barrier down just to show a softer side Arthur and Evelyn finally meet up in the rovers And they seem to have a lovely time watching people fight And later Arthur thanks Evelyn for a lovely afternoon and then asks her out again Oh well, we'll see, I'll check my, my calendar says Evelyn Then he gives her a small envelope with a photo of the last dance they went to all those years ago Don't tell me you've been carrying this around in your pocket all this time says Evelyn And he, he says that yes he did but then he's only joking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was in his souvenir collection. I
0: love how the two of them wind one another up like yeah, that. it's, it's very cute.
1: Arthur asks her to tell him when she wants to meet again, and they share a firm handshake, and inside, even looks at the photo, and seems a little overwhelmed.
0: Yes. And I can imagine that. This was a guy that, that she was going to run away with, but then her dad had a heart attack all those years ago.
1: I think if she was a wee bit younger, she'd have closed the door. Her back would have gone up against the wall and she'd have <laughs> slid down the wall. Mm-hmm.
0: No, Evelyn would have never done that.
1: <laughs> that was her penultimate storyline. Wow. Our final storyline is, Shona is over and out on Monday. In Monday? Upon Monday. Nick arrives at number eight with a belated Mother's Day gift of petrol station carnations. Nick discovers a visiting request. David, it seems, is going to visit Clayton. Outside, David tells Nick that he's trying to protect Shona. Nick doesn't think that this is a great idea, then Alina barges by and mutters something about David being rude again. And later, it's visiting time at the prison. Clayton comes out all jokes and before David asks anything, he refuses to stop seeing his mum. Now David knows how Clayton feels uh, by being frozen out. Mm-hmm. Stay away, says David. Or what? Asks Clayton.
0: Surely leaves me, not you. Which And then he says, imagine how shocked she was when she found out that you married the mother of the man who killed his wife. Which is him. Right, which (laughs) is him. And it's like, well, so she knows you're a murderer. She knows you're an awful person.
1: Well, she knows he's in jail because I think that the meetings are by phone. They must be. Right.
0: So... You'd think that even somebody who's suffering from amnesia, that would give them pause, that maybe the person talking to them isn't necessarily telling them the truth because they're a murderer.
1: (laughs) Nick comes into Roy's roles, leaving a worried message for David. Alina is there and says that she doesn't know David well, but reckons he can take care of himself. And Nick says, yeah, you're right. You don't know David. Back in the jail, Clayton continues to taunt David, and Shona doesn't give a fuck about David, he says, and it was her who contacted Clayton. Clayton says Shona is done with him. And Nick is back at number eight and sees Gail, who instantly sniffs that something is up. Nick explains about David visiting Clayton. At that, David comes home and explains how it went. Badly. Nick offers to visit Shona. He'll do his best to untangle the lies that Clayton has spun. But at the hospital, the nurse says that Shona doesn't want to see Nick. The nurse is aware of the history, but it's Shona who's calling Clayton. Also, she has a message for David. What what? Mm war? David's at the pub talking to Johnny, of all people. Johnny offers an ear, but David just wants another pint, thanks. In fact, because of Johnny's interference, forget it, and David leaves. And Nick gets home and gives David the bad news. Uh, Shona wouldn't see him. She doesn't want to move back to Weatherfield. And what she really wants is a divorce. Yikes. This is not how I expected the storyline to go. On Wednesday <clears throat>
0: Well, I mean, I can I guess I can kind of understand you not wanting to be married to a person you don't know. Of course you don't know anyone.
1: No. Although she remembers Clayton.
0: Well, she remembered that she had a child named Clayton, so she doesn't really remember his face or anything, I don't think. Because remember she called Max Clayton.
1: Yeah, Max tried to run upstairs after that happened.
0: Yes. So she knows she has a child named Clayton, but she doesn't remember anything else really about him. Which is why Clayton is able to pull the wool over his mother's eyes.
1: I don't know if we're that sure about that. I don't know if maybe some of that's come back to her or not. Because it was implied that she she knew that he was in jail. Anyway. On Wednesday. Oh, good. Sean's up and about early and bumps into Brian, who's growing a beard. <laughs> Brian. Brian. Sean meets Alina and Sean thinks that it must be hard living with Seb. Alina says that he's with Emma now and anyway she's not interested. Separately, on the other side of the street, Emma is worried that something's up with Alina and she's been off with him and she's also worried about Seb. David is in Roy's Rolls, complaining to Nina about his egg. Eat it or wear it, says Nina, and she strolls off. <laughs> Good old Loved Nina. Loved
0: it. Love her.
1: Maria thinks that he's rude and asks how he's doing. David doesn't want to talk about it and insists that Shona has done him a favour. It's over and he can move on now. And later in Roy's roles, Brian wants to chat ideas with David about his new makeover. David could not give a single fuck about this. He calls Brian a middle-aged busybody and Maria tries to rescue the situation, but Brian would rather take his business elsewhere. And after some uh, further nagging from Maria, David finally agrees to take the day off and cheer himself up a bit. So David's got himself a cheeky wee carry out and he sees Alina sitting in the community garden. So he joins her and gives her a tin. Alina isn't in the mood to chat and calls David nosy. She turns down the tin, but he's already opened it, so she eventually takes it. And later, David and Alina are throwing stones at a can. David is rubbish and Alina is ace. David asks why she's so miserable. Is it a relationship thing? And she thinks that she made a mistake coming back. And he agrees that coming back here isn't a great idea because it's a dump. Yeah. But running away would make uh, those bad guys win. The bad guys being the human traffickers. Yes. David asks her to come along with him and have some fun. And she's worried about losing her job. So David grabs her phone and texts Nick, saying that Alina is sick and needs to take the afternoon off. Mm-hmm. That's not creepy. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> it's David. She calls him bad. Honey, you don't know the half of it, he says. So it looks like they're off to get their hole off of each other.
0: Yeah. After t- After a very brief encounter.
1: <laughs> What a whirlwind romance it's been. He bought her a pint last week. He gave her a tin this week.
0: And apparently that's all it and takes.
1: And that's all it takes. Seb goes to meet Emma in the rovers. She's still down in the dumps about Alina and tells him about the conversation the two of them had last week. Seb is a little angered by this and Emma thinks that Alina is avoiding her now and wants Seb to have a word. Oh, why do you want that to happen, Emma? No. Why do you want that to Emma, happen?
0: Emma, Stop.
1: Seb, who doesn't work at the factory, turns up at the factory to see Alina, and Sean tells him that she took the afternoon off. Oh, isn't it good to have Sean yes. helping along storylines?
0: Sure. That's none of his business, Sean. <sighs> Seb- if that is your real name.
1: <laughs> Seb comes home <laughs> I
0: don't know either, and
1: shouts on Alina. And it takes a half-naked Alina and David an age to hear him as they ride on the sofa with each other. Seb is shocked. Shocked, I tells you. What you doing? asks Seb, and he refuses to leave her alone with David, who he reminds everyone is married and with, has kids. Alina looks shocked and for some reason, so does David. <laughs> 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 David admits that it's true, technically. Seb is doing David's head and Seb gives Alina a recap of what's happened since Christmas and Alina throws a pair of them out.
0: Which I find it hard to believe that no one has told Alina about this, considering how gossipy people on the street are, especially the people Alina hangs out with, at
1: the factory. Well, people kind of operate in little circles, and there's sometimes there's very little overlap, so you would imagine that the likes of... But this
0: is something that's probably been in the news.
1: Alina doesn't know much about Brian's business, for example.
0: Well, who knows anything about Brian's business? (laughs)
1: I'm not sure Cathy knows anything about Brian's business. (laughs)
0: No, no, there have been many a suggestive line indicating that Brian and Kathy get down to business quite a lot. Oh, good for them. Yes, good for them.
1: Now Seb's staring at his phone in the community garden. He has a missed call from Emma that he chooses to ignore. later, he meets up with her in the rovers and he says that everything's good, but he doesn't give any details. And he's quite snarky with her and quite snippy and orders a pint from her, like...
0: Yeah, he's an asshole.
1: Yeah, he's a total asshole. He's an
0: asshole. The only thing good about all of this is that he's an asshole and Emma deserves better.
1: Right. David and Nick go into the rovers and David wastes no time in winding Seb up about the Alina thing from earlier. Emma is stunned and then hurt, not that anyone notices. And the two of them squabble and David calling Seb jealous and Johnny warns a pair of them and Nick urges Cam. Your birds moved on, Sebastian, says David. And Seb slings a hook at David. It's enough to draw blood, but David laughs it off. Mummy's here to the rescue as Abby drags Seb away to a booth. Johnny tells Emma to have a word with her boyfriend. No fucking worries, says Emma. Mm -hmm. So David leaves the pub and sees Alina and explains the lay of the land. She already knows about the fight somehow with Seb, and she doesn't need any of this shite, and she just walks on.
0: And David seems kind of relieved by that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, cool, I got away with it.
1: (laughs) Back at the flat, Emma is furious. Seb doesn't read the situation, so Emma needs to know what that was all about. Why was he so easily wound up? As soon as he sees Alina with someone else, he's white knighting her. Something that Emma doesn't think that he'd do for her. Good point, Emma. Mm -hmm. She asks him to stay somewhere else tonight. He says, I don't have anywhere else to go.
0: That's not an argument, Seb. (laughs) It's not Emma's (laughs) fault that you have no place to go and no money. That's your problem.
1: Go to your mum's. Go to your mate's. She doesn't care. Just fuck off out of my sight. And so, and so he does.
0: Yay!
1: So Nick goes round to number eight to see David. Everyone else is out or asleep. And David is gassed. Nick's worried and asks what that was all about earlier. Why did he to Seb? And David says it was just trying to lighten things up a bit. He feels like he doesn't exist anymore and he doesn't feel anything. So this was a way to get that. Oh, we're getting all Johnny Cash and Nine Inch mm-hmm. Nails. Nick begs him not to give up on his marriage. What if Shona's memory comes back and he's been fighting or shagging anything that moves? David doesn't think Shona is ever getting better and he can't waste his life waiting on something that might never happen. Nick leaves David and immediately David breaks down, and that's how we end this week's episodes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was kind of wondering if it's a fair point that David's got. If she wants a divorce and there's no sign that she's improving, give her the divorce. Do you wait? No. How long do you wait if you're going to wait?
0: Don't wait. Give her the divorce. And then if slowly after the divorce stuff starts coming back she'll come back to you. But giving her the divorce is a sign of good faith because right, but she's scared and she doesn't know what's going on and she needs to start from the very beginning again in so many things. Just but, give her the divorce.
1: But what about moving on in terms of say this Alina thing did turn out to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Is that too soon? It's
0: far too soon. It's far too soon.
1: Because his point is that I can't put I can't put my life on hold indefinitely.
0: And that's true. And at, at some point after the divorce, he's well within his rights to move on. But they're not divorced yet. So he should not be moving on.
1: Right, and, and I think I agree with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're not divorced yet, and you start—well, I'm being a little hypocritical here. <laughs> I mean, if you,
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I think we're both being a little bit hypocritical here.
0: But you know, we <laughs> yell at Daniel. We yell at Daniel about the whole Bethany thing, mm-hmm. and it's too soon. I,
1: I think it's a time thing more than it's a divorce thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can I can, I can agree to that.
1: Because essentially they're separated.
0: Right. But and you they've know, been separated for like three months. They've got the, he's got the kids to think about because the kids still see Shona as, as their stepmother. In many ways, you
1: right, know, and right. they're
0: confused and they're upset by all of this stuff That's emails, true. You've got so to, take really to take the kids into consideration. They really need to be taking care of these kids and focusing on the kids instead of getting your whole David, <laughs> if that is your real you name. You can't do
1: that more than once a week. If that's, if that's going to become a thing, <laughs> it has to be once a week. It can't be more than that.
0: No, it's twice. And that makes it funnier. <laughs> Listen, I know what I'm talking about. I've been interviewed by the New York Times.
1: That well, doesn't make you a comedian. Uh, what was your moment <laughs> of the week?
0: Oh, I don't know. I um, would think
1: it was... Uh, there was nothing stellar that, that jumped out to me. Although Evelyn
0: the- Evelyn, Evelyn, and... Um, what's his name? At, Arthur. at the door. Evelyn and Arthur at the door and the whole thing with the little scrap of paper. I thought that was really cute.
1: It was very cute. I don't think it was a standout moment, but I don't think there was a standout yeah, moment. Yeah, I think week. it
0: was the most standout mo- moment. I think it was a moment we all needed.
1: I think the the standout moment that the show wanted us to see, or wa- wanted everyone to see, not just uh-huh. us, was uh, David crying at the end. But <sighs> that.
0: I'm sorry, no, because it just because it's such a selfish cry. You know, I I I feel for him with this whole divorce thing but he's been pushing this whole Shona thing far too hard to begin with and not taking the advice of the medical professionals and his family to tone it down and dial it back so he really only has himself to blame
1: well not quite just <laughs> only himself I think
0: well, and also Derek the guy, shooting him, <laughs> shooting, yeah. shooting
1: his wife. Is, I mean, has to, has to carry at least some of the burden. Obviously, on that.
0: but I mean, the way that he's reacted to all of this, okay, you know, and I just, I'm really, I'm, I'm of a mind that we go for happy moments of the week for the foreseeable future because I think <laughs> that's what we all really need to focus on, isn't well, it? Well,
1: at the moment, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think, yeah, yeah. even after moment of the f- week, flirting a little bit outside the. I've seen the door grassing the, each other up with the, the photograph that's our moment of, of the week.
0: week moment of the week
1: a boring moment of the
0: week Charles explaining <laughs> Jackson Pollock to a bunch of old people who already know who Jackson Pollock is
1: do you think that they know?
0: of course they do Jackson Pollock is the most one of the most famous artists of the 20th century Ed Harris played him in a movie called Pollock
1: I don't think that, I don't think that necessarily would help Frida at all. I
0: think Frida, well, Frida's not in the class. Mm. Frida's not there when Charles is explaining uh, who Jackson Pollock is. I can't
1: be bothered arguing about that. So yeah.
0: But that's fine. obviously even even if they didn't know who Jackson Pollock is, that was our boring moment of the week. Oh yeah. Did you learn anything about Jackson Pollock in that whole exchange?
1: No, of course not.
0: Okay. <laughs> And then he goes through the effort of explaining about the the,
1: the Jackson Pollock drip, the drip thing, and drip, 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 then
0: Ken drip. can't do it right. Just so
1: smear some paint on it. <laughs> that. Whole, yeah, that whole thing. that whole thing. Just
0: like actually paint painting with a paintbrush.
1: Right. That's that's not what. Yeah. That's not a. Okay, um, so that's a boring moment of the week. Boring moment of the week. So we had. Uh, less to talk about this week yes how much in time do you think we've saved none (laughs) oh it's like 10 minutes (laughs) which suggests that we could get through this whole thing in half an hour if we wanted so Mm. so Spare a thought for poor Zidane, who starts Wednesday quite happily planning a quiet wedding and ending up with Tim's dad making plans to attend. Oh, the humanity. Forward your condolences via us. You can get us on email. We're thetalkofthestreet at gmail.com. Coincidentally, the address where you can go on Skype to leave us a voicemail or hop onto PayPal and send us a couple of badgers for our virtual tip jar. We are at Cory Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Please consider leaving a rating and review on the iTunes. It helps people like the New York Times get in touch. Thanks for making it to the end end of another episode. We will be back next week.
0: With hopefully less weeping.
1: (laughs) Now with extra crying, it's (laughs) with more talk of the street. Take care of yourselves, folks. Bye-bye.
0: This episode was brought to you by Donahue Solicitors, an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers. Donahue Solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police, data breach, personal injury, and professional negligence claims. To start your compensation claim, go to www.donohue-solicitors.co.uk or call 08000-124-246 today.